Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Are you kidding me? You are looking live. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in to Winning Cures Everything. I am your host solo today. My name is Christopher Giannini, and I am so glad that you decided to uh, download the podcast and uh, join me this evening. I am recording this Sunday afternoon, late afternoon, uh, before the NBA uh, Eastern Conference uh, Championship game, I guess, uh, goes off game three against the Bucks and the Hawks. I'm excited about that, trying to get this knocked out. Gary is off being a far, just far superior husband and father and just, just all around better person than me. And, and so you get me by myself this evening. Whenever you're listening to this podcast, I want to thank you for downloading it. We are trying so hard to grow the numbers. Share it out with your friends. Tell people about us. If you, if you don't mind doing that, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. I know their app is just as jacked as it could ever possibly be. If you could ever get it to work for you, do us a favor. Do that for us. Hammer that out. Man, we appreciate everything. We are brought to you by sportsbookreview.com. And I... I am so grateful to be a part of them. I'm so grateful to be teamed up with them. I cannot wait for this college football season to start. You will get uh, every Wednesday during the offseason, Gary and I give you a show on YouTube for sbrpicks.ncaa, um, I guess slash NCAA, um, where you can find that. We are starting this week with our conference previews. And, man, I am I am ready College football is here. It's on the brink. SBR has been an unbelievable partner. I cannot explain how much I love working with them. I've got a big show. I've got a lot that happened this weekend that I thought was important. It's going to be a baseball-heavy show. If you're here for football today, you're not going to get it. Don't get upset with me. It just so much happened. But before we get into it, I want to start with the least popular of all of these sports, but uh, just something that I love. It's grown with me forever, um, and, and the older I get, the more I appreciate it. We have a final set for Lord Stanley Cup, and I cannot tell you how wrong I was about this prediction, about what would happen, and how we got where we got. All right, let's let's cover the big boy team first. You have the defending champs, Tampa Bay Lightning, who defeated the New York Islanders. I wanted the Islanders to win. I know being a Bruins fan, I shouldn't like the Islanders, but I, I'm telling you, I, I fell in love with Barry Trotz. I think he's the best coach in all of hockey. He won a cup with the Washington Capitals. Capitals let him go after that season. His, his contract was up. They decided to not go forward with him. I guess we got the ring. Why pay the man? And he immediately went to a team that has been 
putrid, that has been terrible, that has been scraping the bottom of the toilet in the NHL for a while. And instantly he made them relevant. Within two years, they made the playoffs. This year, they're competing in the championship round for the for the Stanley Cup. I thought it was unbelievable. I never bet against Barry Trotz. I never pick against Barry unless it's against my my, my Bruins. And and I'm I'm telling you, I wanted them to win. I don't want to see the Lightning repeat. They are the the more superior of the two teams. Let's get to the other side of this bracket. This is something that only happens in the NHL. It only happens in hockey and no other sport do you get this. We have the Montreal Canadiens that have made it all the way to compete for Lord Stanley Cup. I should have done the math. I should have looked it up. It has been decades since a team from Canada has won the Cup. And this streak, this drought has gone on forever. That's not what makes this unique. That's not what makes this unique to Canada. Now, it, it, you'd think that more Canadian teams would be better. They'd be ran better. There's such a passion in that city and, and in all of the Canadian cities for hockey. They love this shit. That, that's not the shocking part. That's not the part that's different. Okay. The Montreal Canadiens were the 18th best team in the NHL this year when the playoffs started. You heard me correct. The 18th. 18 teams made the play. They are one of the worst teams to actually make the playoffs this year. By record. And they have a chance to compete for Lord Stanley Cup starting this week. I think that's unbelievable. This is why other sports, yes, the majority of the time, the the big teams eat the little teams. It happens all the time. But this is why you have to let them play it out. Because you never know what's going to happen. And in hockey, it's the most unpredictable of all of the sports. You cannot control where this puck goes 80% of the time when it leaves your stick. You just can't. It bounces off skates. It bounces off shoulder pads. It bounces off legs. It, it hits so many things before going into the net. I, I, I don't know how I feel about this Stanley Cup. I'm going to watch because I love playoff hockey. I just love it. And and I don't I don't hate the Canadians. Most Bruins fans hate the Canadians, but we laugh at the Haps, okay? They've they've been a laughing stock for a long time. There's a t- it's it's a weird rivalry, but it's not it's hard for me to get hatred up for a team that hasn't been a threat for a long time. But here's where I here's where I twist. Sometimes I think a, a a long drought, a long streak. Now I'm gonna look extremely hypocritical here, okay? All right. Sometimes these long, huge droughts um are are I think are good for you. They give certain teams, they give certain countries, they give certain regions or areas, groups of people an identity. They at least have an identity, okay? My Red Sox win 83 years without winning the World Series. All right. They were in competition every year in the AL East every year, winning the wild card every year and getting their hearts broken every year in the playoffs. And then finally, 2004 happened and my life changed. Okay. Since 2004, 
They have been one of the most, if probably the most dominant team in baseball. They've won four World Series in that time. Nobody else has done that. Nobody else has come close. Um, and and so I think, I think that's a. It's hard for me to remove my fandom because I think that's a little different. The team that I'm going to equate to is the other team, the team that went over a hundred years without winning a World Series, and that was. The lovable losers, the Cubs. Okay. When the Cubs broke their curse, I believe they lost their identity. They're no longer the lovable losers. They haven't taken off as this dominant force in Major League Baseball. They're one of the highest payrolls every year, just like the Red Sox, just like the Yankees, just like the like like many of the other big market teams. But they don't have the results that any of the other big market teams have at all. They got that one. But then after they won that one, they're just kind of a ho-hum team. But they're no longer the lovable losers. I venture to say that they put more butts in the seats when they were losing all the time because, because they had an identity. And today, Cub fans have no identity at all. What is your identity in Chicago? Now, I love it. That that Wrigleyville area is beautiful. It's amazing. It's a fun place to hang out. I'm sure it's a great place to go to a ball game. I kind of hope to go when I go up in August. But I'm trying to figure out, do you have an identity? And if you don't, is it better to be known for something and be loved for something than to be nothing? Because right now, every Canadian team, you, you've got – God, I almost don't want to start naming them off because if I forget one, I'm, I'm going to just look like a fool. It's not like there's two or three. There's, there's quite a few. You, you've got Edmonton. You've got Toronto. You, you've got Montreal. You've, you've got uh, 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 Vancouver. Like, you've, you've got so many Canadian teams out there. And none of them have done it. None of them have won the cup in in decades. I I feel like it's almost better for the sport, better for the game, if they don't win. Now, with that being said, I I don't know why. I'm just not a Lightning guy. I can't. They're a great team. They're really a good team, and they're and they're actually really fun to watch. They're super talented. I. I can't explain this. This is not Aaron Rodgers. I don't like him. Like, this is not sometimes I pick weird, like, little picadillos to not like about somebody. I don't I don't really have anything. I just kind of always, in almost every matchup I find myself watching a Lightning game, I just kind of always, eh, I think I like the other team better than them. I mean, aside, of course, from, like, the Flyers. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's different. It's it's a strange thing watching a series and everybody I know that's a hockey fan, which I've got a few hockey friends and we text back and forth and and we talk. They all, everyone wants to see Canada finally do it now, especially since it's not the Leafs, okay? I don't know why the Leafs are like the good team in Canada and nobody wants them to win, but we're okay with one of the the shittier teams, right? Like it's so weird how your brain justifies stuff as a sports fan. And I find myself in these weird predicaments watching these games and, and, and try. It's one of the great things about sports, right? Like, I don't need to have a dog in this fight for me to pick somebody. 
Okay? I, I'm picking a side in this series, and at some point in time, before they drop the puck, I'm going to have a pick. I, not necessarily uh, not necessarily a prediction. And let me tell you why. Okay? I didn't even address the elephant in the damn room. All right? Most of you people don't know because we haven't talked a lot of hockey here. I was massive, massive, massively high on the Avalanche and the Golden Knights. I thought they were the two best teams in the playoffs this year. I love my Bruins. I wanted my Bruins to win. I wanted the Islanders to have a chance to win. But the two best teams, and it's definitive, by the way. I don't think it was close. The two best teams in this playoff this year were the Avalanche and the Golden Knights. And when that team knew they were going to match up against the Canadians, when, when Golden Knights won that series against the Avs, I sent a text message to friends joking around saying, what is the over-under on amount of goals Montreal will score? And I set the bar. Now, this I jokingly, being a dick, I, I set it at two and a half thinking, Oh, well, Mark Andrew Fleury's gonna gonna shut them out in two games. They'll score one goal in in two games, and and they'll lose 4-0. And this will just be an ass thrashing. Later, we were all kind of talking like if we were gonna put a real number on it, we all kind of agreed. I wasn't the only one. We all kind of agreed four and a half for the series. Now this is before game one. Obviously, they scored two goals in game one. That kind of shuts the toilet on that. But it it's. I didn't think they had a chance. I didn't think they had a snowball's chance in hell of beating the Golden Knights. And they didn't just beat them. They kind of beat them up. I mean, they pushed them around. The These guys are young, and they are talented. I don't think they're good enough to be here right now. But this is a team that I thought could compete for the Stanley Cup in a year or two. And they're here now. They don't know that they're not supposed to be here. They don't believe that. They are playing fearless. They are skating without, with nothing but house money. And and I think they think they can win this thing. I I kind of do too. Take away the the stigma of the curse of, of Canada. I like watching this team play. And I think this is going to be a really fun series. There is a world where we get what I thought the Golden Knights were going to do where it's just a 4-0 ass thrashing from the lightning. That that world is out there. That world exists. That world scares me. I don't want to see that. I want to see competitive games. I love this sport. And and I, I got to be the only guy south of the Mason-Dixon line that feels this passionately about hockey. But I really enjoy it. And I cannot wait for this final. This is like... This is like the most mind-melding, like complicated final I've I've had in hockey in in several years. I mean, I mean, we're going a long time before there was two teams I didn't really have a feeling one way or the other about at all. And both of these teams, I like watching them play, but both of these teams, I have this weird feeling that I kind of don't want either one of them to win it, which means I gotta find a way to pick somebody I want to win it. And, and we'll go from there, and I'll I'll kind of let my heart lead me because that's how I do things. I, I, I don't watch sports with my head all the time because I don't think that's what it's for. This is th- These are games that are played with with passion and with excitement, and, 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 and people are, are making sacrifices with their bodies. And I think that you've you got to find something to either love or hate about it all. 
I think that's what drives it. It's what drives me in sports. All right, all right, all right. I'm off of hockey. Everybody, you can turn your podcast back on. Skip, 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 whatever, until you get here. I'm, I'm done with hockey, all right? Done. We're not going back. Done. We're going to spend the next little while on the sport of baseball, one of, one of the greatest games of all time. I'm going to start in the College World Series. We got a College World Series final. We got a championship round. Best two out of three. We're going to get Monday, Tuesday, and if necessary, Wednesday. We have two SEC teams, Mississippi State Bulldogs against the Vanderbilt Commodore. We got here with a little bit of controversy and uh, and a lot of confusion. Okay, um, Friday, the uh, Vanderbilt played the Wolfpack, NC State, and uh, and NC State had to compete in that game with 13 players. Now, most most uh, rosters in baseball have around 27 guys. Okay, now, I have no idea how how many how many guys all these colleges carry. But but I'm gonna I'm gonna venture to say the average is 20, 25, 27. They they had to play with thirteen because a couple of guys got COVID, and then a couple other guys got tested and, and and they popped for COVID. Some were vaccinated, some were not. The the two original guys were not vaccinated. I'm not gonna get into to the should they be into it. I'm not gonna tell somebody how to live their life at that age and that level of health, putting something into your body, even if it's harmless. Why do it? If you, I, I'm not gonna get into that. What. They, they played that game against Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's one of the best baseball teams. You've heard us talk about college baseball a little bit. And if you've heard me at all, you know, I tell you, Vanderbilt's one of the best teams in the league. They've been one of the best top two teams, in my opinion, all year long. Um, they have the best pitching staff in baseball, and it's not close. And uh, and they went up against Rocker, one of the one of the best pitchers in baseball Friday. They got beat. Saturday morning at 2 a.m., 2 a.m., the NCAA decided to send out a memo to Vanderbilt and to NC State that Vanderbilt would win game two of their series, which was supposed to be played Saturday afternoon at 1 a.m., 1 p.m., sorry, about, you know, 11 hours before this time frame, that the game is a no contest, Vanderbilt wins, and Vanderbilt proceeds to the World Series because of COVID reasons. I, this Wolfpack team has been unbelievable. Oh, they've been on an unbelievable run. They started the season off terrible. They were one of the worst teams in the ACC, and then something happened. They just they flipped a switch, and they just went on a holy terror. They faced off against what I thought was the best team in all of baseball this year in Arkansas, and they beat Arkansas. They got the hell beat out of them in game one and they let Arkansas get it all out of their system. And then game two and then game three, they beat Arkansas at Arkansas. And that was the most shocking outcome that, that I think I've seen in a long time. So aside from that, they get into the world series. They're the only team to beat Vanderbilt. They beat every. They're undefeated going up into this this final series with Vanderbilt. If they win the thirteen rostered game, they go on to the World Series. They lose. They play Vanderbilt again. Vanderbilt's got to beat them twice. 
Vandy wins this game. Vandy's supposed to play him again. The NCAA comes down and says, you don't get to play anymore. You're out. Pretty devastating. Pretty heartbroken. I know a lot of people are hating on Vanderbilt right now. Okay. I don't know how to tell you how to feel about the NC State part. Okay. I know how I feel about it. I don't like it. I think it sucks. I think they were fine to play the day before. They should be able to play the day after. Okay. This is a sport that is played outside. This is about as socially distant as you could possibly imagine being from the other team 90% of the game. I don't see a reason why they shouldn't be able to play. Also, all of these kids, asymptomatic, not a single one of them sick. So none of these guys are actually sick. Okay, so you got to take a test to find out. You're, I, I know how I feel about that. I got a lot of people that hate Vanderbilt right now. For some reason, they think this is them blaming Vanderbilt. I do think that Vanderbilt gets a massive leg up because they don't have to pitch Little in the game two. And Little, who's one of, been one of the best two pitchers in all of baseball, gets to start off on full rest against Mississippi State in the final. That's that's tough. That's hard cheese, all right? That's no good if you're a Mississippi State fan. Um, but I don't know that it's Vanderbilt's fault. They didn't do anything wrong. They were ready to compete. Vanderbilt's coach came out and said, I was upset. I wanted to play. I, I, no one wants to win that way. Nobody wants to get a championship handed to them like that, okay? Nobody wants that. Had NC State, the NCAA said this, had NC State beaten Vanderbilt and went on to the World Series, supposed to be playing for the World Series, they would have gone ahead and awarded the World Series winner to the winner of the Texas-Mississippi State Series. They just would have crowned them because, because they weren't going to let NC State, they were sending NC State home come hell or high water that Saturday. That's tough, man. That's tough. There's a lot of seniors on that team. This is their last shot at glory. This is their last shot at something great and something special before they move on to real life. Okay? And if you've lived in real life long enough, you know real life sucks. All right? They ain't a whole lot out here in real life where you're going to have 20,000 people in stands screaming your name and cheering for you. All right? That doesn't happen in real life. That was taken from them. Some of these guys didn't do anything wrong. That's the part that I have a problem with. Okay? So, we move on to Mississippi State. Mississippi State, once again, Gary and I talked about the battles that State had to get into this place. Okay? The battle they had against Texas early in, 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 in the opening rounds of, of Omaha. The battle they had against Virginia. The the fight that Mississippi State had to get to to now get here, Texas in the same boat Vanderbilt was. If they win Friday, they got to play Saturday. Texas got to beat them twice. State's only got to beat them once. Friday night, once again, State finds themselves down. <laughs> Three runs going into the to the either eighth or ninth. I can't remember. Man, I was now this night. Whoo, your boy got a little tuned up. Okay, had a good time. Went out Friday. Watch this game in public, and uh, and and yeah. So, uh, pretty sure I got most of these details good, but but might be off on an inning or two. Down by three, have a three-run inning, either in the eighth or the ninth, to tie this joker up. Had to be the eighth. Had to be the eighth. That's it. Had to be the eighth. Tied it up in the eighth. Get it tied up. They they have a man on third with no outs, and all they need is one more run to take this lead, and they blow it. And State just can't get it in. Texas 
plays unbelievable, gets out of the inning, game tied, comes into the ninth inning, State walks first batter. Not good. Not good at all. Second batter gets hit. Third batter, boom. Three-run blast, and it is smoked. I'm talking a complete smoke show. And Texas doesn't look back. They go up three. We end up getting some weird-ass rain delay. They they don't start playing again until about 1 a.m., <laughs> maybe closer to 2, and then Texas closes it out. Game two, Mississippi State, Texas. This game, State gets up early, and it's a battle, one-two-run game the whole way. And and I, I just can't tell you, I've watched State play in Omaha four games so far. All four of these games, not a team that I'm a fan of. I like Mississippi State. I have nothing against Mississippi State. I am agnostic about Mississippi State. And I am having years taken off of my life trying to sweat through these games. It, it's one of the most incredible sporting events that I've watched in the last several years. These state, I'm going to tell you this. I don't know what's going to happen against Vanderbilt. I know this. None of these games are going to be a blowout, okay? State's going to be in them. It's going to be a dogfight to the absolute end, and I don't know who's coming up good. All right? I know this. Vanderbilt's going to pitch light. Then they're going to pitch little. And then if it goes to game three, they're getting Rocker back. All right? And State's got to find a way to win two of those three. That scares the shit out of me because I don't know that anybody can do that. It's why I thought Vanderbilt was the best pick to win it all before this thing started. I didn't want to see them get here this way. But I'm telling you this. You got three of the best pitchers in college baseball that you got to mow through. Brother, this is not going to be fun. This is not going to be easy. This is going to be hard. Now, this is your classic matchup. Classic matchup. On one side, you have Vanderbilt. Private school. Smart kid school. Rich kid school. And and far superior talent. Okay? On the other side, you got Mississippi State. All right? As far from rich kid school as you could get. You're talking, but what does Mississippi State bring? They bring momentum. They bring heart. They bring grit. And 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 they probably got a lot of baseball karma going their way. I, I, I don't know how this is going to play out. I'm going to tell you it's going to be fun. Even if it's closed out in two games, it's going to be insane. It just is. I've watched State play four games so far in Omaha, and all four of them have – I mean, it, it'll take the air out of your chest. They're, they're just unbelievable. If you love baseball, I'm begging people, get into this sport. Keep watching it. it, it, it. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's one of the most fun sports I've ever seen. All right, I'm going to get off that. We're going to get into the pros now. All right, staying on baseball. Got a lot of baseball. As of Friday, Saturday, doing this show Sunday afternoon, your MLB Home run leaders continue to separate themselves from everyone else in the game. We're at the halfway point of baseball. We've played almost 81. Some of these teams have played 81 games. Some of these teams are right around it, one or two games around it. We're right at the halfway point of baseball. As of today, the record stands as this. The absolute freak known as Shotei Otani is tied for second in home runs with 25. He's on pace to hit 50 home runs this year. He's hit two home runs in the last four games. Unfreaking believable. This guy looks like he was built in a damn lab. Okay. He doesn't look human. Speaking of guys that looks like maybe they were some alien dropped in from outer space. Fernando Tatis Jr. Once again, tied for Shote with 25 home runs. Hit three homers Friday night to get him to this point. Three. He was behind Shote. He was behind Mr. Number One, my boy Vlad. By three homers, he hit three jacks in Friday night's game to get him to this number. Looks like he is on a heater that we haven't seen in baseball in a long, long time. And then Mr. Vladimir Guerrero. Junior, 26 home runs at the halfway point. He's hit three home runs in his last four games. And this man is not just hitting for power. He's putting the ball all over the field. He's an on-base machine. He is a guy that you just are not getting out if you're a pitcher. You do not want to face him. Bad news about this. Only one of those men are going to compete for this year's home run derby at the all-star break. And that will be the freak, the pitcher, Shote Otani. Now, I I cannot wait to watch Shote in the home run derby, okay? I don't watch a lot of Angels games because even Sh- even though Shote's putting on this show, he, Angels games are not fun. They're not a very good baseball team. They, they don't score a lot. 
other than when he's pitching, that they're just not they're just not a great team. Shote is an absolute star, right? I I I refuse to refer to him as a sideshow, but he's the only reason you're checking in to Angels games. That's the list. Shote Otani. That's it. Tatis opts out of the home run derby. Rightfully so. He should. He has battled with shoulder injury since the season started. And and it part of the thing that he did in the preseason when he hurt his shoulder was swung too hard trying to hit home runs in the preseason. And then early on in the regular season, he hurt it again. There's no reason for him to go out and do this. There's just zero reason. If you're not healthy, you're on the Padres, and the Padres are competing for a playoff spot. And, and they are in probably the toughest division. Not, it's not probably. They're clearly the toughest division in baseball, um, I, I think, between the Giants, the Dodgers, and them. I, I just nah, – maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. Pretty damn tight division, though. Um, he, he needs to stay healthy for his team. I was a little upset about Vlad, and then I realized what he was doing. I went and looked at his numbers. Vladimir – is in the running, something his dad never came close to doing, by the way. He's in the running for a triple crown. I mean, he he really could do something special this year, all right? I don't, I don't think you up, upset a season to go try to win a home run derby when you have a chance to do something really special like just even be in consideration for the triple crown, hitting for average, hitting for power, driving in runs, scoring runs. He he's just been a, a an absolute monster, and his team as well in a playoff race. Shote's not. Shote doesn't find himself in that. I think most of the hitters that are going to do this, I do think, are going to be young guys, and I think they're going to be on teams. Where where they're not really in a playoff race now. Pete Alonso is the defending champ. He's coming back. The Mets are 100 percent in the playoff race, um, and, and I might be wrong about that about that playoff part. It just seems like every year guys come out of the home run derby, and they hit just this big slump. I don't know if you alter your swing, and it's just hard to get back in the groove of having a regular swing. I, I can't explain it. I'm, I can't ever tell you what it was like to be a power hitter. So I don't know. I don't have a damn clue. What I do know is um, I, I will watch every second of the Home Run Derby I have my entire life, and I really want to see Shote. I, I don't care if he wins or not. I, I don't want to see him go out in the first round. I want to see as much of him swing the bat as I can possibly get. Moving on. Next story, Major League Baseball. My Boston Red Sox find themselves once again back in their rightful place as First place in the AL East. After yet again, another sweep. Oh, oh, so sweet. Oh, so sweet to say that. Another sweep of the New York Yankees. This is six in a row this season that they have beaten the Yankees. Once in New York, once in Boston, clean sweeps. This series, until the ninth inning, in two of the three games, the Yankees weren't in the game at all. They can't hit. They can't field. They can't pitch. They're getting shelled. They're getting beat up. They're getting bullied. 
and I love every second of it. Today, Sunday afternoon, Garrett Cole takes the mound, has to pitch without his magic goo. And the first pitch that leaves his hand goes to little old Kike Hernandez, who has struggled mightily at the plate this year. Sends that ball out of the park. And I just laughed and laughed and laughed. And I thought, going to be a good day, boys. Going to be a good day. Take your ride in the laundry hamper Friday night. We had a celebration for Dustin Pedroia, my man, Petey, a guy that I want to see back in a Red Sox uniform in a coaching, in a managing uh, uh, atmosphere. Him and Veritek in that locker room would make me more proud than anything in the world against the Yankees celebrating Petey, who is a Yankee killer, a Yankee slayer, and and them winning that game Saturday. Nasty Nathan Avaldi. Nathan Avaldi is not the best pitcher in the Red Sox lineup. He's not. Now, he might be right now because Chris Sale's not back yet. He's not our ace by any stretch. But he might be the toughest pitcher in the big leagues. This guy, this guy is completely fearless when he takes the mound. He is aggressive. He never stops putting pressure on hitters. Now, sometimes that gets him in trouble. And he always ends up with one or two innings where he gives up, you know, three runs. But because he just pitches without fear. And he mowed down Yankees one after the other after the other. And it was one of the most glorious things I've seen. Garrett Cole, going back to today. Garrett Cole gives up four runs in the first. He gives up six or seven on the game. His last inning before he comes out of the game, he's walking off the mound. The umpires start checking him to see if he's got any magic goo on him. And I just start laughing and laughing. Everybody in the world is tweeting out, you don't have to check him for the goo, man. Just look at the scoreboard. You know he ain't got nothing because without it, he's got nothing. He's got nothing. He's done. He's done. He's got like 200 and something million dollars left on his contract. Oh, oh my God. Today, I had more fun watching baseball than I've had in a long, long time. Kicking the shit out of this team. If you've ever had a team that your rival and you just, that would, they just bullied you for decade and decades of your life, just extremely. Extended periods of time of your life, they just kick the shit out of you. And finally, it, you don't just have the upper hand. You're better at them at every level of the game. And it's not close. Oh, oh, it's the best feeling in the world. We're at the halfway point. I can take a deep breath. I can know that this isn't a fluke. We didn't just have a hot weekend one night and sweep them. We've done it all year. We've been better than them at every point in the game, and we've done it without our ace. Okay? So as a Red Sox fan, that's my homer spiel right there. That is that is, that is is the Chris Giannini special. This show is all about me for this moment in time. I love this Red Sox team. They are by far not the best Red Sox team I've seen in the last decade. Not, not even close, not even a little bit. But they are fun. 
Cora is still, we're at the halfway point and he's still trying to figure out. We're platooning four or five different positions in the field, trying to figure out what is our best lineup look like. And we still don't know. I think this team can get better. I do. I really believe that. I love it. I love them so much. And I'm so glad they're back in first. The icing on the cake is just that, not that we're so good right now, but that the Yankees just suck so bad. And it makes me smile so much. Next baseball story that I'm going to get to is we had our first pitcher get caught, speaking of Garrett Cole and the magic goo, get caught with the magic goo. Today, Seattle Mariners, trying to get to his name, Sergio Romo. Nope. That is the man from the Twins. Where in the hell did it go? What? Sorry. Bad radio, man. Bad. Nah, come on. Chris, you're terrible. This is this is like the most unprofessional segment I've ever had. What is this guy's name? Hector. Oh, man, I wish Gary was here. Gary's so much better at all these names. Hector. Santiago. Oh, I know how to say that. I just can't read it. See, Hector Santiago. Hector Santiago takes the mound for Seattle today in this game against the White Sox. And like all pitchers, randomly gets inspected walking off the mound. And they take his glove. And they call the other, you know, umps over. They pass the glove around. Every ump inspects it. Every ump kind of gives the thumbs up like, yep, I see something. Yep, I see something. Now, the camera has not shown what they saw very well. Okay? And they, to my knowledge, as of recording this right now, I didn't even have Hector's name pulled up so much less. You know I don't have the details while trying to do this. Hector, uh, we don't know what's on the glove. We don't know. I know this. They took a plastic bag out. They put. I mean, it's like crime scene, man. They sealed it up. They put the glove in it. They sealed it up. And I don't know where they're sending it. I don't know what they're doing. But Hector is going bye-bye for 10 days. He still gets paid. And the team doesn't get to replace him for a roster. So, the roster limit, Seattle's going to go next couple of games, 10 days, a man short. This hurts your team. Uh, this doesn't hurt Hector so much as outside of his reputation. I, What I want to talk about here is, and the reason I put this story in, la, I mean last minute put this in, which is why I didn't have the prep for his name written down, which that's, that's bad on my part. I apologize for that. Unprofessionalism. What did you think was going to happen, Hector? Like what we have seen throughout baseball every day, every game, all week, them checking every pitcher. What did, did you just think maybe they won't check me today? They've checked everybody, man. What are you doing? Or is this a situation where we're not playing very good? I could use a 10-day vacation. Think I'm gonna put some goo in my glove, and when they catch me, I'm gonna get paid for the next ten days, and I'm just gonna, I don't know, go hop a boat, hop a plane, go do something fun. I, I have no, I have no idea what you could possibly be thinking. Do you think you're gonna get away with it? I, I was at some point in time we knew somebody was gonna get caught. 
It took the full Monty the whole week before somebody got caught. Nobody got caught Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Every pitcher got checked. Many of them got pissed off. They didn't like being checked. I will tell you that I would handle this differently if I was a pitcher. If they came to inspect me, I I want, I keep hoping, fingers crossed, every time I'm watching a game and I see them go to inspect the guy, the camera's on them every time. I'm giving a strip tease show. I am sexily throwing that helmet off. I am laying the glove down. I'm unbuttoning the shirt. I'm unbuckling my pants. I'm shaking my ass. I'm giving a little groove to it. I am putting on a show for the people in the stands. I'm not throwing a pity party. I'm not pouting. I'm not screaming at the umps. I'm not giving them a mean mug. I am putting on a show. I'm making everybody there laugh. I can't believe that not one of these pitchers so far has thought this would be funny and chosen to do it. I I cannot, I would tell the broadcast announcers that puts on the game, the production that does all this stuff that I'm going to do this before the game. If I know I'm starting so they can play a little groove music for me and get into it with me. It would be hilarious. It would be funny. It would get people talking. It would lighten the mood. Whenever you're doing something awkward, whenever, listen, I'm an awkward guy. I'm a weird guy, okay? And and I find myself in awkward, uncomfortable situations all the time. And my, in, my instinct, my only defense for my awkwardness is to try to do something funny. To try to make everyone involved in this uncomfortable, weird thing laugh. And, and I just am shocked. that Because I've been in locker rooms. And there are a lot of... Every locker room I've been in, it doesn't matter if the team was good or if the team was shitty. It didn't matter. It, it, nothing mattered about the personalities. Every locker room, at least half the guys in the locker room are funny. They all are like, there's a lot of guys that are genuinely funny and creative and not one pitcher has thought to do this. I think it would be funny. Now, maybe I'm wrong and maybe everybody's hearing this is immediately thinking, thank God. Listen, if I was a pitcher, I wouldn't look like the schlob that I look like. Okay. So you don't have to think, oh, I don't want to see Chris do that. Well, of course not. Nobody on the planet wants to see me do that. But if I was a starting pitcher in the major leagues, I wouldn't, I would, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't look like this, right? I would I would lose well over a hundred pounds and and be in substantially better shape than I am now. But regardless of the quote unquote image, it would be really funny if you saw someone do this. And I just keep hoping and waiting. One person will make a joke out of it. One person will take this awkward, uncomfortable scenario and say, I'm going to find the funny here and I'm going to be silly. I'm going to be goofy. I'm going to be different. I'm not going to get angry. I'm not going to get mad. I'm not going to throw a temper tantrum. I'm just going to do something silly. And, and I, I just, I just keep waiting for it and we don't get it. We just time after time after time, we're not getting it. And we're still seeing guys getting mad about it. You, you can't get mad. You just can't. You, you, we, a lot of people don't like the rule. I don't care about the rule. But I'm very agnostic towards the rule. I have, I have no feeling whatsoever about it. I, I'm really glad that Garrett Cole doesn't get to pitch with Magic Goo. But outside of that, I don't care. 
I, I just can't get upset about something that I don't have any control over, but my natural instinct, my natural direction would go to finding the funny. And, and I'm just surprised nobody's chosen to do that. Nobody's decided to take that path. So that that's the baseball. That's all the baseball I got. I'm, I'm going to hit you with a little bit of NBA. Not a lot. I've watched all these NBA playoff games. I'm doing this strategically before the Bucks hawks game because I don't want to miss it. I want to get back downstairs, get back to the TV and catch it. Bucks did tie this thing up. They're sitting 1-1. Game two was a complete laugher. I'm, this was almost a 40-point ass drumming. Okay, this Bucks team took the Hawks offense and they just locked it in a closet. And they said, you're not scoring. I mean, we were midway through the third quarter and it was like 37 points, 47 points. It was something weird like that. I don't remember. But, like, this is this was insane. This happened. This game was going on at the same time. Game one of Sox-Yanks and, and, and game one of Mississippi State-Texas – I'm sitting in a bar. I got all three TVs right in front of my face. And I just kept looking at the score thinking, holy shit. What what in the world did the Bucks do? Now, going back to Atlanta. All right. Will the Hawks find their offense? I'm very interested in that. These are questions that will be answered tonight. Or is the Bucks defense that good? And did they figure out a way to say, you know, we can beat these guys? We're just gonna we're just gonna run Trey Young off of every ball screen there is, and we're not gonna let him get a clean shot. We're not gonna get let him get a clean look, and we're gonna test everybody else to see if they can actually beat us. And if they have any off nights at all, they're done. Not 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 just a little done. We're gonna beat the hell out of them. I'm very curious. Is that gonna be what we're gonna get, or is this Hawks team gonna go home, catch fire in Atlanta, get the crowd bomb behind them, and, and just roll off? What kind of game am I going to get from Giannis? Game three, and 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 it, I'm I'm really excited. I'm really looking forward to it. Nobody cares about a preview from me. This Sun series looks like it's all but over. Now, all four games in the Sun series have been about. We have no laughers here. Every one of these games are incredibly tight, incredibly close, very well contested. The ending of these games is just going on and on. But it's every play. Almost every possession is reviewed at some point in time. But it only that way because it's so close. Because every possession matters that much in this series. Now, Suns up 3-1. This Clippers team looks like they're done without Kawhi. They they just don't have it. I, I refuse to see playoff P Paul George as a legit mega superstar in this game. I think he's a really Really good basketball player. Okay, I I think he's exceptionally good basketball player. I do not see him as being a star. I would not call him a star. I would not classify them as having a big two. Is he the second best player on this team? Yes, yes, he is. Is he anywhere close to Kawhi? No. Is he close to Anthony Davis, who's the Robin to LeBron? No, he's not. Is is he close to like? Like he, I, he's not as good as 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 Aiden or Booker, in my opinion. Maybe his, I don't know. Listen, he just had coming off Saturday night his eleventh playoff game where he shot less than twenty five percent, less than twenty five percent from the field. I I can't get my head around that. This is not he had an off night. Okay, this is your team 
desperately needs you, desperately needs you to come up big. And you miss free throw after free throw after free throw. You threw up brick after brick after brick. And I just, I, I don't know where he goes in big playoff games. But at some point in time, he gave himself the nickname Playoff P. And, and, and I guess that matters in, in the game of basketball. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what you do with that. But I, I, it matters to somebody, I guess. I don't, I, don't really, I don't really know. I can't explain it. The Suns team looks amazing. Booker, on an off night, struggling, had to lose the face shield in the middle of the game because he just wasn't used to it. So he's just going to play with a busted-up face. And he said, if I get hit in the face, I'll just have another surgery. It doesn't matter. Like, like I'll just keep having the surgeries. I can't play with the mask. I got to be free. Chris Paul didn't have a great game, but, man, he was the leader on the court that they needed. Booker fouled out at the last minute of the game. Didn't have a great fourth quarter. The man who is carrying this team when now Paul's leadership is is every bit of the difference in this game. They don't have that leader on the other side of the court. Chris Paul is doing something I haven't seen him do, which is take a bunch of guys that are better talented than him, better athletic than him, and he's leading them through this game. I said it when he was with the Celtics. He was a guy that I wanted Memphis to go after and try to get. Crowder is one of those guys that I want in the locker room, okay? He's one of those guys that I want on a court in crunch time minutes of a basketball game. He's a guy that I call a bulldog. That guy fights for every loose ball. He's not afraid to pull up and take big shots. He doesn't make all of them, but the ones he makes matter. If he misses the shot, he fights like hell for every rebound. He's going to defend you harder than everybody else on the court. I want him in my foxhole in a basketball tournament, in a playoff series. I want I want Jamison Crowder on my sideline. Okay, That's a guy I want. I love watching him play. Booker struggled in this game, still had a big game. Chris Paul came up big when needed. It made every free throw he had to make. Unbelievable. Shut the door. The man of the hour, the man of this playoff so far, Chris Paul said when the season's over with, he's getting him a bag. I don't even know what the hell that means. I'm telling you it was DeAndre Aiden. DeAndre Aiden has been – Unbelievable. We have seen this guy become a grown-ass man right before our eyes in this playoffs. They do not have an answer for him on the other side of the court. They don't. I, I really hope that we get – really hope we get Bucks uh, sons. I really do. Because I want to see – I mean, you're going to – I think you're going to get Giannis trying to lock him down. I don't know that for a fact. I don't know what the matchups would be. Well, I know you'd probably get Brooks. Lopez, but I, I, I don't know, man. It's gonna be an amazing series. That's the series I want. I think the Suns team is closing this thing out in the West. I don't think this Clippers team is coming back three-one. Chris Paul didn't want to talk about the three-one stuff because he'd been three-one a couple of times in his career, and he's always lost every one of those playoff series. Hasn't closed one out. He never had a teammate like like Booker that was selfless and talented. Okay, he's never had a big man like Aiden. He just hasn't. Not close, not for any team he's ever played for. I think they're closing this thing out. I don't think he's had a six man on his team that he could depend on to come off the court, uh, come off the bench and give them meaningful minutes and put fear into the hearts of the guys across the, the, the other side of them as, 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 like, like, uh, like Crowder has. I just don't think he's had these guys on his roster. 
that he can depend on where he doesn't have to be everything. And I, and I think this team is special. I think they can win it all no matter who wins the East. I don't I'm I'm not getting the the cart before the horse. It's my opinion right now today Sunday evening we're talking about this. But I'm I'm excited to watch. I cannot wait to see how it all plays out. I'm in for it. I'm in for it. I'm in for it all. I'm 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 in on the Suns. That's who I picked to win the West. Want Suns Bucks. I wouldn't hate Suns Hawks. This Clippers team without Kawhi is just not the same. It's just not the same. Kawhi is that good. You can't win a playoff game or series without a player the caliber of Kawhi Leonard on your team sitting on the bench. You just can't do it. He's too good. He's too important. And if you can win without him, I you would have been the best team in basketball with him. Okay? And they just weren't. And it sucks for Clippers fans. These guys have been wanting for so long to to finally take that next step. They thought these two guys together could do it, and they're having to go through this playoff series without Kawhi. I, I wish we could have gotten healthy Chris Paul, healthy Kawhi in this series and watched the whole thing play out. I really do. I think there's a chance we'd have got a different outcome. But I definitely think that the games would have been different. So it's not so easy to say, well, if you put Kawhi on the team and you add all of the the you know his point differential and you say, well, they win easily. No, no, no. I think the games would have played out differently. So that's impossible to tell. Neither here nor there. Gary's going to be back with me Tuesday when we do our live show. Thank y'all so much. If you've listened listen this far, you've put up with all my nonsense. You've let me yak my, uh, you know, say all the things I want to say. I've been rolling for almost an hour on my own. Solo show. Man, I can't believe I talked that long. I, Gary's coming back Tuesday live show. If you missed the Tuesday live show, you can catch it on the podcast right here where you're listening to this one. We love you. We appreciate you. You guys matter more to us than you could ever imagine. I don't have a lot of friends. I'm not close to a whole bunch of my family. Guys who reach out from the podcast, you guys have been important, and and, and I appreciate you, and I just want you to know that. Gary appreciates you. We put so much work into trying to make these things good, and, and we do it because of you guys. We want to put a good show on for you, but but we also want you to know you matter, and and we appreciate that. Gary will be back. The show will be cleaner, better. It always is with him. Tuesday live show, you catch the podcast Wednesday morning, and Wednesday is our SBR, SBR YouTube show. Check that out, college football. I don't know what conferences we're doing this week, but I know it's one of the smaller conferences are the independents. Um, I'm excited about it. I'm pumped up about it. College football is right around the corner. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Have a good night. Thanks for listening to the Winning Cures Everything podcast. The website is winningcureseverything.com, and if you want to connect with us, we're on Twitter, at GaryWCE, at ChrisBGiannini, at Winning Cures, or you can email us, Gary at winningcureseverything.com, or Chris at winningcureseverything.com. Subscribe everywhere you need to subscribe, and we'll see you soon. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.